Hey guys, I'm doing another podcast. This is uh, March 31st, so you know, a night of NBA games. Well, not that many games. I think it was only like a couple just passed. And uh, I want to talk about things that I wanted to talk about before. But if you listen to the last podcast, I couldn't just because I had a lot of uh, assignments and essays and tests to do. Um... So yeah, I'm just going to talk about some of those things right now. But before that, I just wanted to talk about video games and what the pandemic has done to me. You know, for a while, I just never played any games on my phone. Like, I just had nothing on my phone. It was just, you know, I was scrolling from, um, like, social media app to another social media app to another one, uh, you know whenever i got bored i would just like text people randomly but now like there's nothing to do like if you text someone it's like you know they're not doing anything either and like social media like i saw like if you have nothing going on you have nothing to post it's like you can't really do much on there either so i've become like a big playing games on my phone type person now there's this one game uh i'm actually only playing two even though I downloaded a bunch more. Uh, so the first the first one, actually, three. But I don't play the, the first one anymore. Uh, the first one was just like this puzzle game where it would be a bunch of vials with um, some paint in there. And you had to like mix up the vials and like make sure they were all in like the same one. But the thing was, every time you passed a level... It would give an ad for another game. So I just kept downloading games like that. And the two that I actually play, uh, one's called Sniper. We're just like sniping people far away. You know, you got to get the distance right. You know, you got to upgrade your your gun. You got to, you know, upgrade. um, You got to buy new guns. You got to upgrade that gun that you just bought. You know, you got to do missions all over. You know, you can like compete against other people. But even with that, so I started playing that one. But, like, every time you did a mission, another ad would come out. I'm not going to fucking pay for it. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pay for that. So, so I just watched the ads. But then another one came out where it was a... It just seemed like a peaceful game. It was called Hooked, where you're just on a boat and you're just swiping all across your phone and catching fish. Like, there's fish all around your boat and you're just swiping and catching them, upgrading your boat upgrading abilities you know uh you can after you get like a certain amount of coin you you can just move on to like another one and i didn't realize how sad my life had gotten until i got to work last night and i think i truly spent about six hours of my work on that game all i did was swipe that's all i did i was just swiping all across so, you know, I'm 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 almost compl- contemplating sending like like my Facebook friends invites to the game because like I get extra bonuses for that. You know, I've become that person. I haven't become that person, but like I'm considering becoming that person. Um, also, it's one of those things where, like, like I said, like you don't have I don't have anything to do. All I do is work in school. I'm not going anywhere. And social media, like, it gets a little boring. It's like, how many times can I rewatch Modern Family? Like, I've already done it so many times now. How many times can I rewatch, like, New Girl or Breaking Bad or, you know, House of Cards, whatever? Um, I did finish, uh, like, there are some new shows that I do watch 
occasionally like um wanda wanda vision i i didn't watch that weekly i just watched that all in one day when the finale came out it was pretty good i enjoyed it i loved the um, the thing the thing with with it was though since i did watch it but at the end when all of them were out i'd kind of knew who like the villain was but it still was entertaining i just like i could just pick up on things that uh people that watched it weekly just couldn't you know i remember there was an episode in the beginning where agatha she she was talking about something about like the devil being around her i'm like okay so like i know like it's her like she's talking about her uh you know she's like she like works for the devil or whatever i don't know but you know people a lot of people didn't pick up on that but like when i heard it in like the first episode like the second episode i was like oh okay she's talking about herself like this is you know foreshadowing uh but even then like it was fucking tremendous like i loved the you know it was agatha all along i thought that i thought that was fucking perfect i loved that um i do it is interesting that they're only doing limited time series like you know it's it's a prequel to i guess the next it's setting up for her to her to be in like the next i think doctor strange movie so I guess that's what's going on, and then the Bucky and uh, Cap, the new Cap Falcon. I guess it's still Falcon, but he's supposed to be new Captain America. I don't know. That's come out. I don't know if I'm gonna watch that. Um, too much army propaganda for me. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been a lot of really good stuff, and uh, you know, I'm finally getting like some free time, so I can finally like start recording podcast and stuff like that again. So yeah, let's talk about Russell Westbrook being completely back to being Russell Westbrook. You know, over his... You know, I, I did a podcast, like, one of my first podcasts ever, I was talking about players who just started off horrendously. And one of the players I talked about was Russ, and I thought... I thought Russ was... It's... I didn't want to say done, but it just looked like he had gone from all NBA to like whatever you consider to be after that like I just thought he was aging and you know it turns out it was mostly injury and rust because over his last 20 games now he's at 25 points 10 and a half rebounds and 11 and a half, no he's at 11 rebounds and 11 and a half assists so let me just repeat that again 25 points, 11 rebounds, 11 and a half assists. He's shooting 46% from the field, 33% from three. And the only part about his game that still concerns me is the free throw shooting. So he's getting there nearly, I believe, eight times again. Let me just look that up really quick again. Is it eight times? Yes, eight times a game, but he's only making 61% of them. That concerns me. You know, that's what's really stopping him from being, like, a true star again. I think right now he's just... I think right now he's playing, like, an all-star again, but he's not playing, like, an all-NBA star. Uh, He's playing very good basketball, though. Very good, and, like, if um, he was playing like this to begin the season, the Wizards would be much better. They would definitely be one of the playoff teams after three because, you know, one, two, three are pretty much set. Um, and if you look at since he's started playing better, you know, I, I used a 20-game sample size, but, like, it's really more 30 games. You know, the last 30, he's been really good. Last 20, he's just been very – he's been better than good. Um, and if you look at the record since then, it's it's been a lot better. And the problem right now is – Bradley Beal just keeps missing games. I'm not sure what it is. Like, it's probably, like, some, you know, small injuries because he'll miss a game, then he'll play a couple games, then he'll miss another game. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been going on. And even with that, like, they've had a pretty good record. And the night that he had just, I think, one or two days ago, the 31-14-21, that's one of the most absurd stat lines I've ever seen. 
31 points, 14 rebounds, 21 assists. So this dude, at like the bare minimum, was responsible for around 70-something points. And most likely, at least half of them went to threes. So it was probably much more than that. It was probably closer to like 80 points. You know, he's playing really well. And I I do think if he continues and, uh, you know, Beal comes back and like they they have a good chance of making the playing tournament, playing tournament and making like the like the eighth or seventh seed, I guess. And I don't don't, they're they're not really going to give teams uh, like real problems. But I do think. They'll give them a tough, like, five-game series. Because if you got Bradley Beal out there playing 44 minutes, you got Russ out there playing 44 minutes, like, that, that is tough. Like, that's tough to deal with. You know, if, if only, like, Thomas Bryan was still healthy, you know, if Bertans was playing uh, better, you know, shooting better, they would have had, like, a real chance. Um, but, yeah, I'm, like, I'm super happy to see Russ doing well. You know, I've been a huge Russ fan for a while, even though he was... You know, even through all the all the years of infuriating, infuriating. Um, sorry, I just don't have any water with me right now, so I'm just, you know, saliva filled up right now. Yeah. So even through all of that, you know, he's just been he's just been a really fun player, and I do think at his best, he had a four to five year stretch where I think he was a true superstar. I thought he was like a top. You know, six, seven player in the league. I thought he was a guy that, you know, could be your number one on like a contender. Um, if you put like the right pieces around him, of course. And I think he gets a lot of blame for like the Thunder's meltdowns. But really, if you go through it year by year, it's mostly injuries to the Thunder. And also like Kevin Durant did not perform well after 2012. And even like 2011, I thought he was really good. 2010, he was fucking garbage. Like, Ron Artest, Lamar Odom, they fucking pantsed him over and over again. Um, was he injured in 2013? No, I, no, he wasn't injured in 2013. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Russ who got injured in 2013 against the Rockets again, uh, when Pat Beverly did the... Um, you know, Russ went to go call a timeout. Pat Bev, like, dove at his knee, tore his ACL. Russ's ACL, you know, kind of similar similar to what Solomon Hill and um, LeBron, but I don't think, like, the Lakers weren't calling a timeout. I think Solomon just, like, dove at his knee for, like, a loose ball. It was, it was a similar play. And that that's an interesting play because, you know, Russ and Pat, like, don't like each other since then. And I've never understood it from Pat's side. Like, you tore that guy's ACL knowing he was about to go call a timeout. And, you know, you can talk all about gritty and all that shit. Like, no, he was about to call a timeout, and you dove at his knee, and you tore his ACL. You know, you ruined, like, the Thunder season. You did that. You took, a like, a whole playoff, you know, off his uh, resume, and the Thunder were, like, 60 wins that year. They were the number one seed, I think. Uh, so, like, they were fucking incredible. I think they were probably going to go to the finals. Or they had, like, a really good chance of going to the finals. Finals, They were definitely going to go to the Western Conference Finals. And, you know, they always played the Spurs really well. So you so you never know if, like, you know, they had Kevin Martin that year. Kevin Martin was playing well. Dabo was still there. Ibaka was, like, taking another step. So, like, they had a really good closing five in Russ, uh, Kevin Martin, Dabo, KD, um, Ibaka. Like, that's a team that could have gave that Spurs team a lot of trouble. Um, so, yeah, like. Uh, you know, Pat ruined that year for him. So, like, it makes sense to me why Russ doesn't like him. Like, he tore his ACL because of that. Uh, but, yeah, Russ, like, Pat is always acting like, oh, you know, uh, he didn't. No- he, he acts like he did nothing wrong and he doesn't understand why Russ doesn't like him. That doesn't make any sense to me. But, yeah, so KD, the 2013 playoffs, I think they did beat Houston after Russ got injured. But, like, he wasn't very good against Memphis, and it was a bunch of close games. You know, Tony Allen, you know, gave it gave it to him. Uh, twenty fourteen, I don't 
remember him being that good. I think it was another season where elite shooting, and then in the playoffs it went down to average. 2015, 2015 is where he got injured. So he wasn't... They were, I, they, I don't even think they made the playoffs that year, even though they had the same record as, I think, the Pelicans, who did make it. Uh, I think that was the season where Russ also missed, like, 20 games, and he came back. Um, when he came back, he averaged, like, fucking 30, 10, and 10. Uh, led the league in scoring, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so 2016, KD had another, like, I think KD, that was one of the worst KD playoff performances ever. You know, they lost the 3-1 lead to Golden State. KD had a point, I believe, I think it was a point five four zero true shooting, which is for KD standards. For, like, just a regular, like, star, like, that's pretty bad. For KD, like, that's horrendous. So, like, you know, Russ gets most of the blame for it because KD went to a fucking 73-win team and he won. And then people are like, oh, you know, he won without Russ, you know. He just had to get away from Russ. Russ was the problem. But really, like, if after that season, um, KD was the... KD was the one, like, Russ who stayed... And Russ left to join a team that, you know, already was established. Yeah, Russ could have went and won a championship too. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've just been a huge Russ fan for a while. Um, you know, I understand, like, all the boneheaded shit he does. Uh, but, like, when Russ is good, you know, he's, he's a really fun player to watch. And, you know, like, tonight, you know, he fucking, like, dunked on Bismack down 10 with like 40 seconds left and he's yelling at the bench it was fucking awesome uh he's really fun and I'm I'm glad to see him playing so well and I hope they can make the play the playing tournament him and Beal and uh you know maybe even get like the 7th or 8th seed and um hopefully play the Nets cause those games always end up being like a 10 out of 10 Alright, now I want to talk about another player. You guys might have heard of him. Um, maybe not. He's, you know, not a lot of... You have to be like a real NBA nerd to know of him or like just have heard, have heard about him and, you know, seen his game. And I'm talking about Zion Williamson. Maybe you've heard of him. I don't know. Plays for the New Orleans Pelicans. Number one pick out of Duke. Um, I, the the reason I wanted to talk about him is you know I think I mentioned in the last podcast where I think I mentioned it I'm not sure I don't remember um, I said Stan Van Gundy had finally taken his head head out head out of his ass and you know the the trend is actually longer than what I had thought in my head you know it's been thirty games now it's been the last well. It's been 30 games, but Zion's played 29 of the 30. He missed one. But in the last 30 games, in the last 29 games for Zion, he's now av- he's become a playmaker, right? So in his last 29 games, he's averaging 28 points, seven rebounds, and four and a half assists a game. You know, before that, he was averaging like two, two and a half. So like he's really turned it up as a playmaker, shooting like 65% from the field. He's on a streak of 24 straight games of uh, 20 points and like over 50% shooting. You know, he's just fucking incredible. And in that stretch, so like 29 games, 30 games, whatever, they've, they've actually been playing, you know, 500, bas- 500 basketball. And, you know, you might think, well, 500 basketball, you know, it's not that good. Like, what's, why is that so impressive? It's not, but it's much, much better than what they were playing before. And if they get to, like, the 10 spot, I would... And, you know, if they get to the 10 spot playing 500 basketball, you know, they're going to be playing another team that's playing 500 basketball to get into that, you know, final playoff spot. And I would trust their 500 basketball with Zion over pretty much anyone other than, like, Luka. And I guess Steph. Steph could, you know, go off too. Um, but like the Spurs or Memphis or whoever else, Sacramento, I don't see them. Like I would absolutely take the Pelicans if it came down to it on a, you know, play-in game for like the final spot, 
final spots. Um, but yeah, he's just so fucking good. I think he's got. I think he's gonna be. He's gonna end up being the greatest. Like this is gonna be a part of his game. It's not gonna be the only part of his game, but he's going to be the greatest short roll option of all time. You know, um, I think LeBron, if he wanted to, would be that guy, just because he presents a lot of the similar things, and he's just he's just a much much better playmaker and passer naturally than Zion. Even though Zion's like pretty good and he's getting better, but like LeBron's just like goat tier passer playmaker so but like the thing with LeBron is he, he just does so much more you know he's a ball handler he brings it up every possession and stuff like that so you you don't you don't see a lot of short roll stuff from LeBron you saw it in Miami a ton but not not since then um but with Zion like I don't see Zion being like a you know bring it up every single possession you know control the game stuff like that but I think the way to have him uh, control possessions is, you know, you you run a million pick and rolls where he's the short roll guy, and you know we see it with Draymond where, you know, Steph is such a good shooter, teams double him, Steph passes it to Draymond, and now Draymond's playing four on three, and you know he, he you know we we've, we've seen it before where he throws like the lob, you know he finds the shooter what shooters wide open, you know occasionally he'll get the layup, but the difference, uh, <clears throat> but the difference here would be. You know, it's Zion. Zion's a 20 points per game scorer instead of like, you know, at Draymond's best, he was like, what, 13 points, 14 points? Uh, so you get a 28 point scorer, 65% field goal. You know, no no big man really wants to go at him at the rim. Like, you know, he, he's he's gone up against Rudy Gobert a couple times now, and, and he's just. I don't want to say dominated because I only saw one of those games. But in that game that I did see, he dominated Gobert. You know, he, he went he went right at his chest and, like, Gobert went flying backwards. So now, now you got a four-on-three where Zion's coming at you and he's become a playmaker so he can pass it off to the big man or he can find the shooters if, you know, they finally get him the shooters that he needs around him. And, uh, you know, if you look at that, if you look at that stretch, like the 29-30 games, so like I mentioned, they've gone 15-15 and 15 in that stretch, which is much better than what they were before. But they're also the number one offense in the league by like a whole point. And we're talking about, an, we're talking about a league where, you know, the Nets exist. So they have a better offense in the last 30 games, not a small sample size, than the Nets. The problem is, I think they're... 29, yeah, they're 29th in defense in that stretch, too. The only one worse than them is the Blazers, which is why we can't take them seriously at all as a contender. Um, but, yeah, but anyways, let's get back to the Pelicans. You know, they got Steven Adams. They got um, Bledsoe. They got Lonzo. Um, you know, so you thought they got Hart. Um, not Hart, like they got Hart. I'm talking about Josh Hart. You know, they got Hart. Not like energy hustle stuff like that, but so you you would you would have thought you know defense and Zion in, at Duke was a fucking monster on defense. So you would have thought and Ingram in uh, Los Angeles was a pretty good defender. Uh, not not all the time, but like his last season with the Lakers when you know LeBron had like the groin injury. I thought he was a pretty good defender that year. Uh, you know he was guarding point guards for them. He would go around screen like he would fight around screens. He would contest it from the. He would he would get his hand and like if a player went to go shoot it, you know he had the long reach. He would go contest it. I thought he was a pretty good defender that last season with the Lakers, but <clears throat> but this season if you watch them, Eric Bledsoe is just he's just okay. You know Stephen Adams. There's only so much he can do as like and not that mobile center, not a great great rim protector. You know, you know, you can't really switch with him that much. So there's only so much he can do. Um, Lonzo, I think, is good. I think he's a good defender, but he's a point guard defender, and there's only so much you can do with that. You know, it's not like he's gonna go protect the rim, and he has to count on like the big man. Like I said, like you know, Stephen Adams. There's only so much he can do uh, scheme wise. So I think Lonzo is good, and if um, 
yeah, I think Lonzo's good, and I think he's going to get a lot of money this offseason. Um, who else? Ingram, I think he's just been really bad. He gets stuck on screens so often. Like, if, if you run a pick and roll uh, with him, the person that he's guarding is going to get wide open mid range jumpers all day. Um, who else? Uh, Zion. Zion doesn't. Either he's not trying or he just doesn't understand um, NBA defense right now. I do think his effort and hustle has improved, which I love to see, but it's, it is disappointing that Ingram, his hustle and his effort hasn't improved. Uh, Josh Hart's a good defender. I think he's fine. Um, they actually have a lot of interesting and good players that I like, like um, you know Alexander Walker. I think he's going to be a solid player. I think he looks, he projects out to be a, you know, a combo guard type, but mostly a two rather than a one. And um, what's his name? The rookie that they have, uh, Kyra Lewis, Kira Lewis. I think it's Kyra, Kyra Lewis. He's <clears throat> he's only 19. I think he's about to turn 20 in just a week. And I already see a floor with him that's like a 12-year top-tier backup point guard. That dude in his last seven games has 23 assists, zero turnovers. Zero. He does not give the ball away. And in in his last 15 games, he's got 43 assists and only five turnovers. So, like, he he reminds me very much of, like, uh, Monte, Monte Morris in Denver um, you know he can make the three he can do all that stuff the only thing with him he's 6-1 and he's kind of he's not big so like I do I, there's like limitations there but his floor is like 12 years backup elite point guard he's gonna make like 100 million like that and you know there might come a time where some team convinces themselves that you know he can be a starting point guard and maybe he can I don't know he's still very young you know, one of the interesting things just searching about him was in in college, he went to Alabama for two seasons. He was a turnover machine. He had like 220 assists and I think like 180 turnovers. And you look at, you compare that to now, it's, it's very impressive how, you know, his decision making is very impressive now. Like how he isn't giving the ball away. Maybe he was just asked to do too much at Alabama. But now, you know, it's more like get it to Ingram, get it to Lonzo, get it to Zion. You know, you're doing very simple things. And I'm sure, you know, Stan is like, yo, if you want to be on the court, if you want to play, you know, we can't have you giving the ball away. You know, we need those possessions. They, they're they very valuable. And if you can't do it, you, you're not going to play. We have a lot of guards here that will play. And uh, Kyra, Kira, Kyra, I've I'm going to say it like differently every time. I'm not sure exactly how to say it. I'm going to say Kyra. Kyra. And, you know, Kyra was doing his thing. Like, that's why J.J. Redick wasn't getting any minutes. Like, you know, you had to pay Kyra Lewis some minutes. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, like the Pelicans, they have a lot of interesting players. And Zion, he's just a monster. You know, if I'd, you know, there's a ceiling that you can, I think, get with him. If he doesn't project out to be a good defender. But I still think he's going to be a superstar number one guy on a championship team. Even without becoming like an elite defender. And if he becomes an elite defender or like a good valuable defender. Not even all NBA defense type. But like above average. Above average. Then I think you're talking about a guy who could contend for you know best player in the league type stuff you know i think already he's probably a top 20 15 player probably top 15 probably probably top 15 and you know the thing with the like i mentioned the stats i think he's at 28 points uh seven assists four and a half no seven rebounds four and a half four and a half assists in his last 29 games he's doing that in only like 32 33 minutes a game and he's only taking 16 shots you know, I think if the Pelicans want to do anything, he needs to be, you know, 18, 18 to 22 shots a game, especially in the playoffs. Like, he has to be, if they make the playoffs and they want to, 
do anything at all, make any noise whatsoever, he's got to take 18 to 22, 23 shots a game. He just has to. Uh, Ingram has to calm down. He has to get the ball to Zion and play off of him. And, you know, not all the time, but, like, play off of him sometimes. You know, I think Ingram... I like Ingram a lot, actually. I like his offensive game a lot. I'm Like I said, I'm disappointed about his defense. But just offensively, I do like a player who can score at all three levels and can play make and pass. And I think he's a good passer. I think he's a good playmaker. And, you know, just his shooting improvement has been fucking incredible. Um, but, yeah, I think Zion, just speaking on Zion, like I said, I think he's going to be a superstar, number one guy on a championship team. I think he's going to go down as the greatest short roll option of all time. Uh, he kind of, he's probably going to, he's he's like a Charles Barkley with, like, LeBron time, LeBron type vertical athleticism. And that's one of the scariest things you could ever think of. Like a Charles Barkley, LeBron type athleticism. Um, what else? And one of the things like people you know, wonder is like, can you build a wall around him? And I do think there's going to be some players that can just straight up guard him one-on-one. Like I, I remember last season, LeBron just like straight up guarding him one-on-one. It was like no big deal. Like, I do think there's going to be players that can just do that and just the walling off part. I don't think so. I think his handle is too good for that. And I think he's too smart for that in terms of like the way the way you beat it is, you know, so like uh, the player that's guarding Zion, he's just going to be sagging off in the paint or whatever. What they do is he'll like Zion will set a screen for like a shooter. So, like, Zion's guy now has to worry about the shooter. So, he has to go out and contest for that. So, like, there's so many things you have to worry about him. And one of the one of the things that's been so impressive about Zion is, like, we know about his explosiveness, his quickness, his short burst. But his handle is really fucking good. Like, he, the, the reason he can get anywhere on the floor is he's got a great handle. So, you know, I'm very excited about Zion. I think he's been tremendous this season. You know, I didn't think he I didn't think he deserved to be an all-star this season just because you know, Stan Van Gundy like had his head up his ass and like wasn't using him properly up until that all-star break. But, you know, I think when you look back at it, it's it's interesting because like all-star game, all-star not isn't a look back at and you know that person deserved it at the end of the season you look back and you're like yeah he deserved it it's it's what happened up until that point but like it is one of those things where you look back and you're like yeah Zion, Zion was one of the top you know 2015 20 to 15 players in the NBA he deserved to be on that stage you know and maybe he might even make like all NBA this season he's been that fucking good um yeah but let's talk about the next thing and that is the Phoenix Suns. And interestingly enough, the stretch that I'm gonna use for the Suns, it started the same. It starts. It starts the same day. Uh, the stretch that I used for Zion was. Uh, so it's also a 30 game sample size. Um, you know, I'm using that because that's when Booker came back from his injury. And if Booker doesn't get injured for like the couple games that he missed, like five, six, seven, I don't remember. I think they're probably the number one seed or, like, tied with Utah for the number one seed in the entire league. Um, so in the last 30 games now, 30 games, pretty large sample size, they are 24 wins, 6 losses. That is the number one record in the NBA in that stretch. Better than Utah, better than the Nets, better than everyone. And offensively, they're seventh. Even though offensively, sometimes they don't look that good they are seventh and like like point like tiny tiny points away from top four even though like like i said offensively sometimes they don't they don't look as interesting or as explosive but clearly they're i think it i think that probably has more to do with them just playing so slow you know that's one of like the chris paul staples you just play so slow you know, methodically and all that stuff. 
and um, what else? To, and offense, like if you watch them, if you turn on a Phoenix Suns game, you're either about to. They've, they've either ran this play or about to or just finished running it. It's it's uh, it's like, I think it's called a Spain pick and roll. And the reason they use it so much is because it involves their hypothetically three best players. You know, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton probably hasn't been their third best player. But like you like when you came into the season, that, that was the hope. And so this play involves all of them. So what the play is, uh, DeAndre sets a screen for Chris Paul. Devin Booker is already in the paint. So as DeAndre sets the screen for pick, uh, what's his name, Chris Paul, he's going to go roll to the rim. Devin sets the screen for uh, on DeAndre's man. So he gets a clear lane to the to the rim. So, you know, that opens it up for, like, a pass to DeAndre and for, like, a layup or an alley-oop or whatever. And it, and then when that happens, what's the name? Uh, Devin Booker, he, he goes out to the three. He goes out to the three. So, like, it's it's a it's a bunch of options there. And, like, you got Chris Paul running it. So he's going to make the right decision. If you, if you turn on a Suns game, like, you are guaranteed to see that play a bunch of times, like, Maybe like twice a quarter, you'll probably see them play. You'll probably, you'll probably see them do it. Maybe once a quarter, like twice a quarter. Like they they love that play, and I I understand why they like it so much. So they're seventh on offense, you know, like right by fourth, like not too far up, not too far away from fourth, and they're third on defense. And defensively is where they've shocked me with how well they well they've been. You know, Chris Paul is a good defender. Mikel's a really good defender, all NBA caliber. DeAndre's okay. Devin Booker tries hard. But Jay Crowder's good. And after that, it's like, I don't understand how they're top three. Like, that's very impressive. You know, you got Frank the Tank. You got Sarek. You got, like, Campaign, who's been... I'm I'm so happy for Campaign. You know, he was... You know, he was always that meme, just, you know, just always dancing with Russell Westbrook. And now he's, like, a contributing player on a good team. And a good, solid player. You know, he's a great shooter. And um, so, yeah, I'm happy for him. But they have him. Who else do they have? Langston Galloway, Abdel Nader. They added Torrey Craig, which Abdel Nader and Torrey Craig, I think, are good, uh, solid defenders. Um, so, like, they have decent defenders, but, like, top three defense in the league. Like, that's been shocking to me. Um, so, like, you look at their profile and okay so Devin's having a great season and I think if Devin was playing the way he is to start the season he would probably be like in the MVP conversation I know people keep trying to bring Chris Paul in it Chris Paul is not in the MVP conversation if you if you think Chris Paul's in the MVP conversation all that tells me is you have not been watching the Suns because the way the way the season has going for them is you know, Chris, Chris, for Chris, everything depends on just how his legs are feeling. If his legs are feeling, you'll see that, you know, 18 to 20 points, 5, 6 rebounds, 11, 12 assists. If not, which is a lot of, which is like every other night. Um, actually, like, you'll, you'll probably see that 25 and 11 night, like once every three or four games. The other nights, it's more like 12 points. You know, five, six rebounds, like eight, like seven to like ten assists, and the rest of the time he's like, "Devin, go do stuff." You know, do stuff. You know, Devin, this place for you. Go do stuff. Um, so yeah, Devin, Devin's their best player, and I do, I, I do think he is their best player, and he's playing fucking tremendous since he's come back. And like I said, I think if he was playing like that to start the season, he would probably be in the like lower tier MVP conversation so the you know the way I'm talking about and by the way I think Devin Booker is like I've been a huge fan of his for a long time I think he he's the he's the player that reminds me of young Kobe the most when you talk about shot making you talk about footwork you talk about the arsenal of moves that they have you know they'll post up either shoulder you know Devin has a hook shot over uh, smaller players you know he's got 
pull-ups. He's got, you know, fakes, everything. And DeRozan is the guy that reminds me of, like, post-06, 07 Kobe, where, you know, it's a lot of post-ups. It's still the pull-up and all that stuff, but, like, it's more, it's a more mature game. Uh, Devin reminds me a lot more of young Kobe. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. I'm a huge fan of Chris Paul. I like Mikel a lot. I like Monty a lot. So why don't I think they're a true contender, even though they profile out to be one? You know, top seven offense, you know, top you know, three defense. You know, you look at that and you look at their record. And if I didn't tell you anything about their roster, you would be like, yeah, that's a contender. I just don't think it is. And I think I, I have a model for contenders. And I think throughout NBA history, it has like fitted perfectly. And I'm just going to like, it's hard to, I might just do like a whole podcast, not a whole podcast, but like a small segment in a different podcast, like explaining it entirely. So, but right now I'm just going to do like a simplified version of it to, to talk about why I don't think they're a true contender. That there'd probably be like a second round exit, something like that. Unless they get like a favorable matchup in the second round. So the way I look at it, I think if you need, if you want to be a contender, you have to get to six points. And the way you get those points, just the 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 easiest way is uh, players. You know, so a superstar to me is three points. A star is two points an all-star caliber player is one point it doesn't have to be someone that makes the all-star team every year but just he's an all-star caliber player like 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 lebron james is an all-star donovan mitchell is an all-star but they're not the same like you know you know what i mean like they're there's levels to this you know like donovan mitchell's a lower tier all-star so they're like kyle lowry is like a six seven time all-star drew holiday is a one-time all-star mike conley is a one-time all-star but like Drew Holiday and Mike Conley are, like, in that similar tier with Kyle Lowry. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where, like, even if you don't make it, you're in that conversation. Tobias Harris this year, he didn't make the All-Star team. I don't think he's ever been an All-Star. He's an All-Star caliber player, though. So, like, they would count for one point. And the way I look at the Suns team, I go, okay, Chris Paul is a star. Two points right there. Devin Booker, to me, is... He's not a superstar, but he's a little bit more than a star. And the, what I mean by that is, if if let's say they played the Clippers, right? Could I see Devin Booker in a seven-game series being the best player in that series? I can. I really can. I think he can be. I think he can average. I think he can be better than Kawhi and PG and Chris Paul in that series. So I think he's a two point five. So I get to five point five there. With with them and I just I like that's like you can win like that some years, but I don't think I I just think you need a better supporting cast if you want to win like that, and it also matters on like the rest of the league. You know, right now we the rest of the league is just so stacked, where I don't think they have what it takes, and the reason the main reason is DeAndre Ayton. You know, he's he's just been okay this year. I think he's just been okay. Not nothing too special. You know, defensively he's okay as well. Like he's just he's just okay. Like but if you wanna be like if you want everyone to take you seriously, I think he needed to be an all star caliber player. And he just hasn't been that. He's been a solid starter. And I think if they don't make any noise this year, this playoffs, you know, I, I saw a report talking about you know, the Wolves might trade Cat and D'Angelo to, like, fully rebuild. I think if you get the chance to go after Carl Anthony Towns, I would do that swap all day. Like, DeAndre Ayn for... DeAndre Ayn, Jalen Smith, two to three first-rounders for Carl Anthony Towns. Now you got a fucking team. Now you got... Now you got Devin Booker, star... Uh, Carl Anthony Towns star, Chris Paul star. Now that now you have like true six points, and if you wanted to say like I said for Devin Booker at two point five, where I do think in a given series he can he can be the best player uh, in that series, like against like like superstars, not not against like you know a two seven matchup where you 
play like Memphis and like he's better than De'Aaron Fox like it's not like that I mean like against a another superstar can he be against a like he's a star but against a superstar can he outperform them for a seven game series I think he can that's why I gave him that 0.5 so if you get Carl Anthony Towns you get you get up to a 6.5 6 6.5 and I think now you're talking about a team that I would truly look at and be like okay that's a real contender. I could see that team at the end of the season holding up the trophy. I don't see, I don't see it with the Suns this year. You know, they're they've been really good, and I'm I'm happy for Devin. You know, you can finally get rid of that dumbass. Um, you know, good stats, bad team shit. Like, fuck, fuck off with that. Um, but yeah, very happy for the Suns. Uh, you know, they have a good team, and. Um, Chris Paul is going to be there for another year. I think Devin's going to be there for a couple of years. Uh, they're going to have to sign Mikel soon. They got Crowder on a deal. Um, Sarek, I think they got on a deal. So, like, they have a bunch of their team intact for, like, a one more season at least. And I think if they don't get something, if, if it's clear that DeAndre is, like, the lacking piece there, we're like that's the piece that they have to improve upon. I think, I think you have to go one thousand percent in for Cat because, like, you know, CP is like 35, 36 years old. Like, he doesn't have years left where you're like, eh, you know, we can, you know, we can wait it out. No, no, you can't wait it out. Like, it's it's your window is this year and next year. So you know they have to they have to do something about that if like it's it's apparent that you know DeAndre isn't that guy, and um, I guess what you could do also is like I would do that trade in the off season, but if you don't do it in the off season, you could also do something like you know wait like maybe DeAndre improves next year, maybe you want to see if he improves, so you like wait it out until like the trade deadline or some something like that. Um, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even take that chance. I would just do it in the off season. I would have done it. I, I honestly would have done it already. Like DeAndre, Jalen Smith, and like whatever, like however many picks you want. I would have already done it. Um, you know, DeAndre is an interesting player because he's soft on offense. Like he takes a lot of jumpers. Like anytime he gets it, he's doing a fadeaway. And he's actually he's actually a good jump shooter. Like he's a good jump shooter. And but so he's soft and finesse on offense, but on like rebounding, on screen setting, he's tough as hell. Like he's one of the best screen setters in the league. He's very tough as a rebounder and a screen setter. So he's he's interesting in that case where like he's finesse and soft on offense, but like he's not he's not he's not soft on like other areas of the game. So yeah, that's uh, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about like the surging players and team. Um, you know, I'm gonna try doing more podcasts. You know, weekly, hopefully. You know, whether it's about basketball or like shows or movies I'm watching, um, or like long detail episodes about a song. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for listening, everyone.
finna open up a more got his damn beef. Chopper with the sword, Game of Thrones, two, two, three, max side. T-Tay down the road, finna max side. Late night, pullin' in apartments out of scrap side. Scrap side, made the wrong move, get clapped out. Don't you think I'm slippin' just because a nigga rap died? hoodie, man. I'm the boogie, man. We on that bullshit, man. Walk around with Uzi's, man. This a move sign, not a Mustang. Let the 30 hang. Nigga, I'm so gang. Hang around a lot of gang banging ass niggas. Cut your bang, nigga. You might got a pistol, but the stick is way bigger. I call it KKK, cause my chopper hate niggas. Hang around a lot of gang banging ass niggas. Crip, blood, blue, or red, but your bang, nigga. You might got a pistol, but the stick is way bigger. Call it KKK, cause my chopper hate niggas. Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a nightmare on Elm Street. A nightmare on Elm Street. Feel like Jason Friday 13. Hockey mask with the 223. It's a nightmare on Elm Street.